0: 49ers fans and NFL fans everywhere. This is 49ers fangirl as always with SoCali Steph. Hi, how are you? you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I'm very excited. We have an awesome special guest today. We have Melissa Jacobs, NFL editor at SI.com and founder of thefootballgirl.com. Hi, Melissa. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Well, it's been a busy few days in the NFL, as it seems to always be, even in the offseason. Uh, and I would like to talk first a little bit about Arizona head coach Bruce Arians, who said the other day he was on video saying that moms are attacking football. It's not dads. Uh, <laughs> that moms are attacking football uh, because of concussions. And I thought it would be an interesting topic to start with. Um, both of you are moms. Yes. And I would kind of like to hear your thoughts. I know my thoughts as a female on him saying this, but I'd like to start with uh, Melissa, you and your thoughts as a mommy and a NFL writer.
1: Sure. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think I was as offended as most
2: people were uh, because it's kind of this weird mantra in the NFL now. I mean, that's been for the, you know, this, not not attack on moms, that, but like we have to get to moms, that they're the decision makers, that moms, you know, this assumption that moms are the risk inverse uh, person between, I guess, a couple, right? Um I don't really buy it per se. I mean, I, I it's, but it's almost like there was a, a memo that went out to NFL coaches, NFL personnel, because I've heard this before, and I've, I've talked to um, Christine Golick, who is, like is basically the face of all these moms clinics they do. So it's just, like a really weird thing where they think they can kind of save football by talking to moms, and that kind of parallels uh, Coach Arian's message. So I wasn't that offended per se, but I just I think the whole notion that that's where you're going to, you know, alter you know, or, or, or keep the sport going is, is pretty foolish. I don't, I don't know. I just don't agree that moms are risk averse and that, you know, husbands are just ignoring, you know, didn't see concussion or aren't concerned about safety issues. I think that's like completely preposterous, actually.
1: I 100% agree because the, it, the idea that. Football is being feminized in any way is hilarious because here we have no no female play the game, (laughs) you know. There's very few females that even report on the game. There's the only females that are in the NFL are you know sexually objectified with cheerleading. So I think it's a little bit. disingenuous the way that they want to portray moms this way i think that a lot of moms love football and i think that sure we have concerns over our children's safety but so do dads and, <laughs> and you wouldn't yeah. really be i just think it's completely um much ado about nothing i think it's just another way to attack you know the feminization in, in the yeah. nfl
2: Well, it's also not dealing with the issue at hand, which is this game is dangerous. And let's just have a really honest conversation about it and talk about ways to, to fix it or to minimize the dangers out there. And it's like, we want to scribe blame this way, this way, moms, whomever, and like, instead of dealing with the problem as best they can. And so it's really frustrating and it's really bad PR message.
0: And that was my biggest issue with it was that you're kind of spinning the story to make it someone else's fault. When the issue isn't moms or dads, the issue is concussions and improper training. And, you know, he actually went on to talk a little bit about that and technique and how the game has changed or the the way people are trained in the game has changed. And that was actually a very interesting message. But, of course, when you say something, I'll go with the word silly, like, you know, moms (laughs) are attacking the game of football. Like, let's get the dads in charge. That becomes the headline. And that is too bad because the rest of his message actually was... Made sense and was a good message to be giving the high school coaches who are training high school players.
1: Yeah, and uh, in my opinion, too. You know, really, the change didn't happen because dad saw and they were so, you know, attuned to football and the way you're supposed to play it. The the tune changed in the NFL and the way you train up and the whole heads up program was because of lawsuits. It had nothing to do with parents, you know, getting involved. It was lawsuits. And so I just think the whole thing was quite a misnomer.
0: Yeah, it it was pretty silly. Um, so, all right. Well, speaking of silly, well, maybe this isn't silly, but it may be silly that we do discuss it week after week, but it's an ongoing saga cap watch 2016. Um, our good friend Colin Kaepernick, what? I know have you, have you not heard about this? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> this Colin Kaepernick fella nuts. So, you know, week after Never week, heard him. no, yeah. Well, he was quite the phenom in a few years back, um, <laughs> uh, but times have changed And obviously every day there is a rumor. And um, of course we heard in free agency he was going to be traded at at any given moment, middle of April. He's still a 49er. He's reporting to camp. But, you know, who knows? The draft's a couple couple weeks away. The Broncos traded Ryan Clady, which opened up some cap space. And that changes things. Melissa, what are your thoughts? You are a 49ers fan. You... Have been covering mm. the NFL. Reluctantly, yeah. uh, a 49ers fan. <laughs> Reluctantly. <49ers. laughs> well, it happens to the best of us. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this whole Colin Kaepernick saga?
1: Mm.
0: Gosh. Well, I wrote about it a, a couple weeks ago. I mean, I'm kind of all over the map. Like,
2: you know, it kind of seems like it makes sense given the makeup in Denver. Like you said, with Clay gone, they have the, the cap space. I mean, I don't see how John Elway has him in his house and then. For the you know, with the intent of not signing him, right? Like that's really like, why would you have Colin Kaepernick in your home? Uh, you know, show off your cooking skills or whatever.
1: He could totally uh, come. To my house. I would have to him at
0: home.
2: <laughs> Honestly, like I don't even know what I want the outcome to be. I mean, I, I when when. You know chip kelly was hired i was definitely excited about that the potential of him working with cap i mean the notion was that he wanted a job where he could trade for cap so it just seems so strange that we're at this place where that seems like the lowest of the possibilities out there um so i kind of want him to stay for the curiosity of it i mean I think he'll probably wind up in Denver, but I think you know we're just going to have to see what happens with the draft, I guess, and just deal with the awkwardness in San Francisco up until then. I don't know that he's going to be a good fit anywhere, but I'm definitely more curious what he can do in Chip Kelly's system than what he can do in Kubiak's system.
0: I mean, can you imagine how it. awkward it is every day? Oh my God, I, I know. Walks in, like, it's just got to be, to be a fly on the wall. And
2: granted, this wasn't exactly like, you know, everyone's favorite teammate too. It was already, you know, in the corner with his headphones last year. So like, I don't even want to know what the scene's like <laughs> at OTAs now. Yeah,
0: it must be it. Must be something. Actually, um, I really do want to know. This. I mean, I kind of, I kind of do want to be there just like for a day, just yeah. long enough to be like, this is so awkward. I'm taking myself out of the situation, but I'm very curious as what it is like um, over there. But he's going every day as he should. Yeah, and I mean, Steph and I talk about this every week, and we, not to speak for you, no. but we both obviously want what's best for Cap. We're both Cap fans. I, I like you. When Chip Kelly was hired, felt like okay, then. Refresh. It's a mm-hmm. restart. But I can understand from his perspective how there's been a lot of stuff that would make him not just want to refresh that quickly. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: I I think that
0: Chip Kelly probably is the only person that could
1: actually bind this team and this player together. There's just so much stuff that... You can't just let it go under the water at this point. You know, it's it's fractured their relationship. I do think Chip Kelly could do wonders with, I, like you said, I think that that is a really intriguing together to see what he could do and, and really do a lot for Khan. But at the same time, I think that the damage has been done. He, he doesn't really want to be there. What he puts importance on is the organization. And, you know, we'll see if he's able to... Um, you know, get through this. Like I said before, it wasn't that Colin Kaepernick had no friends. He just had friends on the fringe of the fringe, you know, players. What He didn't have friends that were, you know, the starters of the 49ers. It wasn't that he was not liked. He's very, very shy. I think there's been a lot of misconceptions about his personality, and it's sad because he's a good guy, and and I think he did try his best. And, he, you know, what the 49ers did when, you know, the certain – rumors started to, you know, exist. I think that really... Okay, about Alex Smith? No, not even before then. I mean, yeah, it's been from Alex Smith to after the Jim Harbaugh, what they did with Jim Harbaugh, then what they did with Colin Kaepernick. It's one thing after another. They, You can kind of see what happens and how they put that out to the media to make 49ers fans dislike someone. And that's kind of their M.O. And I think he knows that by now, and he felt like a little bit thrown under the bus. Oh, I think he
0: was very thrown under the bus First, Harbaugh thrown under the bus, Kaepernick <laughs> thrown under the bus, and I think they regretted it. I think they threw him under the bus at a time where they were committed to Tom Sula, and they mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with Kaepernick, and then that changed, and they regretted it. Regretted it. I mean, this team does really specialize in awkward drama, which makes me think OTAs oh, may not even be that awkward. It may be like, oh, it's just another day in Santa Clara. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't really agree with you guys on cap. I mean, I'm kind of neutral on him. Um, just to, just to throw another perspective in there. Um, I, I think it's easy to just kind of hearken the blame to Bucky and York and the messaging. And I know that's like Tim Kawakami's like whole, you know, game these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I yeah, I mean it's weird to not have friends on the offensive line. It's weird to, to be quiet if you're, the, I mean, it's okay to be quiet if you're the quarterback, but it's, it's weird, and I I've just had this notion that you know, Cap kind of got too famous too fast, and we haven't seen him put in the work, I mean, that's really what the, where the issue boils down to me, like, I don't care if he's, you know, has, a, you know, he's always on has his headphones on, he's not best friends with everybody, but we haven't seen any progression in the types of areas that you see young quarterbacks progress that put in work, like, you know, like, like footwork, for instance, and and, um, you know, it just doesn't seem like he's studying film. You know, just, just his reads, his, his progressions, like they're just not – Evolving in any way, and I, I don't know if that's what the rationale is. Like maybe he's just not grasping it, um, but you, and maybe it is. I mean, you could say it's all the drama on San Francisco, but like he should be worrying about himself. He's a top flight like, quarterback, and and you know, you're taking care of yourself. You only have this profession for you know x amount of years, so
1: so that's the part that's really rubbed me the wrong way. Absolutely, I think, it and I, I think it's 100 like <laughs> percent fair and sense, too like I never. I don't think it's. I think it's absolutely fair to cr- criticize his play. He regressed. He didn't do well last no. season. The season before that, he wasn't spectacular. But you know, I, I just, I, I just hate the attacks on the personality part, and that's something that to me has no bearing or shouldn't have a bearing on whether or not he can play. Maybe he can't play. You know, maybe he's just he's done. Maybe he is a one-read option quarterback, but I think it should really focus on his play. And, you know, the guy played hurt, and, you know, there's a lot to be said there. So we'll see what happens, but I don't necessarily think that he's going to necessarily recover in San Francisco. I think he has a potential of going somewhere else,
0: but I don't think it's San Francisco. Oh, and I think, I mean, I think Gary Kubiak could be a really good coach for him. I think having John Elway in his corner could be a good coach for him. But I think, Melissa, I think you're right. I think it is probably more 2 prong than sometimes I like to admit <laughs> as a big captain fan, but I, I do think there is that part of it. Um, so I guess we'll see. It, you know, I think this year will be a big, no matter where he plays, mm-hmm. I think that question gets answered. Is it the yeah. drama or is it, is it cap?
2: He's going to have to do more than rely on his natural talent whether he's in Denver or San Francisco or he's not going to be a bona fide starter.
0: It's just a fact. I think that's, that's true. And I would hope that he for his own sake realizes that because I my sense would be there having not knowing him at all, but my sense would be that at this point he figured, I'm i I'm a talented. Last year was a wash. I'll go study with Kurt Warner and then I'll be fine. And I think now it's been proven that that might not be the case. So hopefully for his own sake and his own career, he learns that lesson and does something about it. And if he doesn't, then he'll go be a male model somewhere. And I'm sure he'll do great. So, I, mean, I don't know. He seems, he seems to like fashion. So, um, so there's that. So now turning to an issue that has uh, more serious implications. Um, Greg Hardy, you wrote a great article on this and Thank you he had that, you're welcome, he had that ridiculous interview last week um, mm-hmm. in which you said in your article he managed to come out looking even worse if that was possible. Um, I lost even more respect for him if that was possible. And I think it's a, it's a really big problem, and it's a problem in the NFL. Uh, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what you wrote and kind of what you're seeing in the NFL. And we see this in a lot of teams. And is this a epidemic in the NFL?
2: I think the fact that Greg Hardy played last year is a clear indicator that talent almost always trumps trouble. And that is a huge, huge problem. I mean, to bring Hardy into a locker room with Jason Witten, whose mother was a victim of, of DV. And there's just like, you know, there's sex, such mixed messages going on. Um, but in the Hardy cases, I, you know, I, I, especially with this, inter- it was just such a special situation. Special, obviously not a good way. Um, this person was convicted um, got out on a tech I mean you're a lawyer stuff uh, I mean he he was convicted right mm-hmm. Like you, you get people on social media who say he wasn't that he was proven innocent like he actually he said that in haters he's, he's innocent. like yeah <laughs> but this, that's, is I, it's, it's this is
1: weird it's crazy he
2: thinks that he was <laughs> Proven innocent, whatever that means. So and bizarre. and he was not. He paid off his girlfriend. That has been documented in court. Testify, and yeah. the fact that he thinks that, the fact that he has the, the mentality or lack thereof, that he can compartmentalize that, and then you're going to bring someone like that into the locker room. Like, this person is really dangerous. Like, this isn't really about, you know, he can get X amount of sacks. Like, this is somebody that... <laughs> You know, if I was like, I mean, my my kids are really young, and this is a kind of a ridiculous hypothetical. Like, if they were, you know, rookies going into that Cowboys locker room, and he's on the team, like I would be fearful that he would do, do, you know, who knows what he would do to them. Um, you know that's like a ridiculous, doting way to look at it, but I mean, he's dangerous, and I, I don't know if to, you know what it says to the NFL. Um, I mean, I do know, you know, it's it's it's. There's no there's there's no protection of players that are you know are normal and you know there's a certain there's a certain level of player that should not be allowed in a locker room that are you know there's psychological things going on besides you know past criminal activity and, and somebody needs to step in and have some kind of like threshold that players have to meet I think
1: yeah I think he's a complete and utter sociopath so when I you know when I see that you know and and the point is that what bothers me about the NFL is I wouldn't care if they didn't project themselves as being this you know above reproach and we're going to suspend you for this and we're not going to suspend you for that and it's just so I don't know ambiguous And, and then to see something like this happen I think it's just bad for the sport I think it's Bad for the community. I think it's bad for how the cowboys look at themselves. But you know, it it doesn't change how I view. I mean, every single case. You know, or every single team has somebody that's been convicted. Um, it, it, there's there's so many things, and, and they focus on the wrong things. Not necessarily like the, the drug abuse, and that that that's something that they really hold to this high standard, but. We're yet to see the NFL really step in besides like someone like Ray Rice, which, you know, when you take that into consideration and you take what Hardy did in consideration, it should be no contest. But, you know, of course that was video and this was, you know, a court case and not everybody understands the whole legality of what happened in Hardy's case.
0: Well, and even <laughs> before we get to Ray Rice, you know, Josh Gordon failed another drug test today and you bring up the drug abuse and he's probably never going to play in the NFL again. And I am certainly not condoning that drug addicts and drug abusers play in the NFL, but he's never going to play in the NFL, but Greg Hardy played and is a free agent. And if someone signs him, he will play again. I would much rather Josh Gordon goes and plays the NFL. I mean, it's, it, it's like disgusting to me. And what does that say to what the NFL thinks about, Women, I mean, it's, it's just, I, I, it's disgusting. I think Greg Hardy is like the most despicable human being on the planet, but. Yeah. Um, so I have very <laughs> I strong feelings all. about that. He just yeah. makes me sick to my stomach. But I think that's such, that's just very interesting to me that you have a guy who's failing drug test after drug test, which is bad there and sad, go. and I think that's a problem. But, so he can't play. But this guy who clearly beat the crap out of his girlfriend um, because. So I he to kill her. I'm sorry? Threatened to kill her. Threatened to kill her. But because he got off on a technicality, he gets to play again. I have a lot of troubles with that. Um, so I just had to say my piece on but that.
2: How sad is it that we're ju- – I mean, that, this is the conversation we're having. We're judging, like, what is the worst offense, where we all agree that there's an offender of some sort in every locker room. I mean, this is the problem the NFL has, and and you juxtapose it to, you know, this charitable thing and this play 60. And, I mean, the message is so hollow when you know we all know
0: the reality. You can't really hide it anymore. No, you you can't. And you have like, you know, Johnny Manziel's out partying every night over the last week. He's another one that if he's, if someone will sign him, fine. I don't think anyone Ooh. will sign him right now, but if someone will sign him, fine. I, I think somebody signs him by week one. I actually have this bet with uh, someone,
2: that one of my coworkers. That someone signed him by week one. I think it's such a quarterback deficient league that I actually. Thank think Manzel. If long as he doesn't do anything, you know, he doesn't f up anymore between now and then, which so, is a tall order.
0: I'm but just, I mean,
2: it's a, a tall lot, order, a lot of time. Uh, but him. I think he's signed, so I can just—I just want to be officially quoted on here. Okay.
0: Well, we will—we will reconvene. You can all want... think of a genius. And... <laughs> well, apparently, he's living with Von Miller right now, so this whole cap he's actually living with Josh Gordon well so I thought that too and then I read he's living with Von Miller but him living with Josh Gordon sounds I mean literally sounds like the worst idea (laughs) I've ever heard (laughs) that is like the absolute worst idea and I don't mean to make light of it but I mean yeah yeah um but Steph brought up Ray Rice and we know I know you've talked to Ray Rice so I'd like to Mm -hmm. get back to that a little bit um so what did Ray have to say
2: well, I reached out to Ray because after um, – I was actually thinking a lot after the Hardy interview. Obviously, Ray handled his apology interview, if you will, like almost in 180 fashion. I mean, so remorseful, so, contr- you know, contrite. Um, he, you know, I, and I've, I've softened on him. I was definitely in the camp of, you know, this is like the biggest bastard ever and he should never play now and he needs to be the poster child for DV. Uh, then, you know, he's doing all the right things. He's speaking in the community. He's talking to, to kids, to children of domestic violence and learning, you know, their perspective and all these things like it very much parallels in my opinion what Michael Vick did and how somebody can be so so atrocious, and then actually serve as, as a messenger. It's like their whole life purpose almost changes, and then you know you compare that to to Greg Hardy. So I just wanted to check in with. I mean, I don't know Ray at all, um, but I just thought it was worth a shot. Um, just wanted to know kind of what his day to day life was and his mentality. Is he still wanting another? Chance, So, yeah, it was, he was – and I didn't really expect to get him, but I did. Um, and he was – you know, I, I kind of went with the notion of, like, I just want to know what you're doing every day and how you're preparing for a possible chance. And, I mean, he just took it on himself. And he knew the angle I was taking. He knew I was basically going to advocate for him. But he still took it upon himself to just go on and on and on about how he's been affected by this in such a positive way. And this is going to be a message that he shares for the rest of his life. It's like, I'm 29. I, you know, football, you know, may never be there, but when I'm 59, 69, like I'm still gonna be sending this message because I've learned so much in, you know, the past past two years. I mean, there was everything that he said was incredibly genuine. Obviously, I went into it with a perceived notion. So I'm not I didn't go in unbiased, but I I was I was more impressed than than I thought I was gonna be. And I'm you know, I'm not gonna like actively root for him on notes to to GMs, but I'm really hoping that he gets a chance because I think, you know, I don't know how he's going to perform on the football field. Obviously, he had an injury his last year. He didn't have the same yardage, yards per carry, but then again, like, he hasn't played football in two years, so he's all healed up and he's healed from that last injury, but more importantly, like, what he can do in a locker room. Like, he's, to me, he's like the antidote to all these guys we're talking about that have issues like like he's the one that if he talks to them the way he talks to me like I'm not you know I don't have these issues but he's, he still felt the need to, to preach basically but in a very genuine affecting way he can do that for young rookies and, and guys I mean I don't know if Greg Hardy's you know multiple but you know other players I think he can really really provide a service that is not, not being utilized right now because he's been blackballed from the league
0: well and I think you know Steph brought up an interesting point there was a video of Ray Rice and there's not a video of Greg Hardy. And I, if I were in the position to choose, I'd rather give Ray Rice a second chance for the same reasons you said. And you brought up Michael Vick, which is a great point. I'm a big dog lover. I hated Michael Vick, but you know what? He paid his debt to society. He admitted he made a mistake. He's been on the up and up ever since. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine. So like, forgive him and we should be giving people a second chance in this country when they show that they've deserved it and so it's just it's interesting that ray rice can't get a call but greg hardy might do you think the video has a lot to do with that
2: it's 100 percent the video it's horrible i mean it's like that at that moment there's it, this is the league being reactive to to everything right like we talked about the legal document for hardy well, well legal documents showing convictions were like the offense of the day, then Greg Hardy would be blackballed and Ray Rice wouldn't. If like videos had been commonplace for years, then Gray Rice would be playing now and Greg Hardy wouldn't. And that's just, you know, that's the unfortunate reality. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what's frustrating as fans is that there's no consistency, there's no transparency in the NFL. Like, what is the rule? What is the hard line? And let the let the you know. And, and this is where I, I see that they have this no tolerance with drugs and all this stuff, and they do all this. And you know, Josh Brown failed that, you know, that test. But at the same time, they've not set a standard or or some sort of hard lines with these athletes. And so, you know, in in the court of public opinion, you know, Ray Rice was done and NFL's all about what the public, how they're seen in public. So he was kind of the scapegoat for that. I, you know, I was hard on Ray Rice. I, he made me sick and I, you know, I, I completely, you know, can't believe what he did. Like, I think it's completely awful. And, you know, I like to think that I'm a forgiving person and have, you know, some sort of, you know, heart. And I, I'm still cautious, but I I do feel differently. I think that he has taken different steps. Instead of the denial route that Hardy goes, it's like, I've never done that, and, and that was photoshopped, and oh, that was this disgusting. is so this That's way. So, that was Part
0: of the interview. The worst. <laughs> yeah, it was photoshopped. Yep. So
1: I was like, but well, at least Ray Rice is like, I messed up. I did this. It was wrong. And, and, and that's what I'm looking for. And I really felt that he was contrite. I really felt like he felt bad, not only for himself, but his family, his children, everybody involved, he, even the fans. You know, I think he really felt. Uh, he felt really bad about the situation, and I think, you know, it it wasn't something that um, you know it, anyone should be proud of. But I, I liked the way he handled it as opposed to other athletes in the NFL who just deny, delay, or defend. You know, that's kind of the way they handle their things.
0: And I would have had a lot more respect for Greg Hardy if he'd come in that interview and be like, you know what, I did. I mean, it would not have made me like him any better. <laughs> but if he came out and said, I did this. It was a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. I regret it every day. And I know that people aren't going to just forgive that. But it's... I at least would have felt... I would have had a slight... I mean, a modicum of respect for him. But his interview was disgusting. But he's disgusting. (laughs) And that's, I think, where you see the difference in people. He's a disgusting person. He's not going to be any other way. Yeah. But he also wasn't even... I
2: (laughs) out of that interview... Oh, I was going to say the only positive I think out of that interview is that I don't think he'll be signed to an NFL team, uh, um, um, to be actually, but I, I can't see any GM wanting to bring him into the fold after, after that interview.
0: And as you said in the article, when even Jerry Jones won't, well, is taking the moral high ground if I'm not putting him on my team. It's not, it's not a great sign for your future. So. Yeah, Exactly.
2: I think he's, I think he's totally done and that's, you know, to the betterment of everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. That'll be the silver lining for sure. Exactly. So <laughs> thanks ESPN. You <laughs> ruined his career <laughs> as well. And somebody should have a long time ago. Um, well this has been great Yeah, guys. This has been, this has been fun. I mean, it's, we've had some serious conversations here, but it's been, it's been great. Melissa, thank you <laughs> so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for
2: having me. We can talk the Niners next time when they're, like, surprisingly, you know, 10 and 6, setting into the playoffs.
0: I mean, so from, to from your mouth, that will be... So, your predictions... I'm <laughs> It's all about predictions. Right? Johnny Manziel will be signed by week <laughs> yes. one. Yes. And the 49ers, 10 and sure. 6. Sure. I, you know what? I like the it. Cap, the Cap Chip Kelly Niners. The Cap, <laughs> the the cap Chip
2: Kelly Niners. Fast six forward. Over to the side. Leads to San Francisco to a ton of six record. <laughs>
0: Losing the wild card round, but
2: still a shocking
0: game. But still, the, well, I have won the fans back, and all will be good. I can see them hugging now. Yeah. It's
2: like just <laughs> all the buzz. It's a great year. There'll be
0: a an Instagram photo at Kaepernick7. Thanks mm-hmm. to my great coach, Kip, Chip Kelly, for believing in me. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. Seven storms are coming. <laughs> Seven storms <laughs> are coming. And he'll add the
2: S in, so oh, yeah. it makes more sense. <laughs> we didn't even mock his social media game on here, but I, I guess that will be well, I, he's I
0: guess been you guys aren't the right audience for that. <laughs> we may not be the right answer, but I noticed he's been quite quiet on yep. social media. Smart. But I, you know, I do think if there, if there's going to be a seven torms a coming, I would advocate very much for the S because I, I had, I kept being like seven, seven, what?
2: <laughs> I just turned away every time. I just tried not to see that every time I, I saw his Instagram or Twitter or whatever his, he's doing.
0: I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been Matt Barrows and if it was someone else, I apologize in advance. But after maybe the Arizona game or maybe after the second interception the Arizona game, he tweeted hashtag two Torms coming. <laughs> two Torms. Oh. And, I, and even, even the Cap fan in me had to be like, well played, <laughs> well yeah. played, Matt Barrows I think <laughs> maybe Chris Biederman. I'm not sure, but one of them, and it was funny. Uh, well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Melissa. We will definitely have you back to talk some thanks Niners. For having me. Absolutely, Steph. Thank you as always, of course. And uh, we always end with the Go Niners. So Go, <laughs> go Niners,
1: Niners, Go Niners. Oh, we appreciate it. <laughs> all right,
0: thanks. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. <laughs>